Welcome to A Great Big City News, Episode 40. Today, the 1990s murder that made New York City safer. Hi, I'm Trace Gilton, founder of A Great Big City. The main story this week does deal with a murder, but no gruesome details will be described. Some good news this week, that this may be the final measles update for the season. The City Health Department declared the Brooklyn outbreak over as of September 3rd. During the outbreak, 33,805 doses of the MMR vaccine were administered to people younger than 19 years old in Williamsburg and Borough Park. And the 2018-2019 to outbreak involved 652 confirmed cases within the city. Numerous others who were unvaccinated received vaccinations from other health professionals. Although the increased vaccination rates will help prevent transmission if the disease appears again, it's important to make sure that newborn children receive their vaccinations on schedule, which involves two separate doses of the vaccine. Nearly all the infections during the outbreak were found in children under 18 years old. For more information on city resources, call 311 or visit the Department of Health at nyc.gov doh. As a result of the long-term New York outbreak, the World Health Organization may now rescind the measles elimination status of the United States, which has been in place since the year 2000. According to the CDC, elimination is defined as a period of more than one year where there were no continuous transmissions of the disease. To avoid losing the status, all outbreaks countrywide would need to be declared over before September 30th, which marks one year since the beginning of the outbreak last year. If the outbreak in Rockland County and two other smaller outbreaks countrywide are not declared over before September 30th, the World Health Organization may be forced to remove the United States from the list of countries where measles has been eliminated. A push began in 1978 to develop the measles vaccine and administer it to children and other vulnerable populations, and it was that effort that led to the United States gaining elimination status by the year 2000. In a less serious medical incident, but one that got worldwide news coverage, it's now been one year since the Emirati's Flight 203 from Dubai landed at JFK after passengers reported feeling sick. On board the plane, people were posting to social media, describing a group of people who seemed to all know each other and all had been sick during the flight, but had gotten much worse as the plane approached New York. Ten people were hospitalized and tested positive for the flu. Although the United Arab Emirates, where the flight originated, currently has CDC travel notices for diseases like MERS, which have symptoms similar to the flu, it seems like last year's flight that caused an endless string of Twitter jokes about horror movies was instead just a routine case of the flu, which is also a great reminder to get your flu shot this season, which can eliminate your chance of getting the flu this winter or lessen its impact if you're exposed to it. You can find flu shots at local pharmacies, private hospitals, and city health clinics. Visit nyc.gov flu, F-L-U, for more info. Twenty-nine years ago on September 2nd, 1990, Brian Watkins is stabbed and killed after confronting a group of teens trying to rob his family. The Watkins were visiting New York from Utah to see the U.S. Open tennis tournament but were approached and harassed by a group on a midtown subway platform. 
The group attacked the mother and the father, trying to steal their wallets from them. And when Brian saw his mother being attacked, he lunged forward and was stabbed by one of the knives being used. Brian's senseless murder brought a new focus to the city's crime rate, which had been increasing and would set an all-time record for the number of murders that year, with 2,245 people killed, an average of six people per day. A group of teenagers were quickly arrested and charged, with all but one confessing to the attack. Twenty-five years later, one of those convicted would be released, citing new evidence in the case. The attack on Brian's family and his death while trying to protect them served as a turning point in New York. It brought about newspaper headlines and political speeches decrying what the city had become. The 1990 attack brought an increase in police across the city and a renewed focus on decreasing the crime that had overtaken the city since the 1970s. Crime in the city dropped year to year, and seven years after Brian's death, murders in the city had dropped by two-thirds. As of 2018, there were 289 murders in the city, nearly ten times lower than the number from 1990. Brian's family sued the city for $100 million, but settled the case for $300,000 eight years later. 114 years ago, on September 11, 1905, the Ninth Avenue elevated train derails and falls off its track, killing 13 people and injuring 48. The train was mistakenly switched to a curve while it was traveling at too high of a speed, and it detached from the tracks before the train operator could come to a stop. One train car fell off the tracks at 53rd Street, and one remained hanging off the elevated trestle. There was controversy during the investigation as to whether the train's engineer or the man who threw the switch should be held responsible. Either the colored disc that indicate the route of the train were wrong, and no one had noticed at any other station, or the switch was thrown mistakenly or even intentionally to sabotage the train. Both men would end up being charged, and the engineer fled to California, claiming that the switch operator had intentionally tried to send his train onto the wrong tracks and indicated that he had done it before. Breaking President de Blasio News Just before making a second appearance on the Fox Channel, Bill de Blasio declared this week that he will likely maybe consider thinking about suspending his presidential run if he does not meet the polling and fundraising requirements for next month's debate, after already not qualifying for the upcoming September debate. The requirements are the same for October as they were for the September debate. Candidates need to achieve 2% in four polls and have 130,000 unique donors. While de Blasio is still polling between 0 and 1%, some more recognizable fellow candidates have already thrown in the towel, including New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. Facing a multitude of problems at home, from NYPD officer suicides, the long-delayed firing of Officer Pantaleo, and ever-increasing traffic fatalities, de Blasio took some time to visit the city this week, and proposed requiring city bike riders to wear helmets and that all bicycles should be licensed. Two measures that have previously been proposed will never be implemented and have shown to result in less cycling. Here's how de Blasio explained questions regarding his absence at City Hall. Okay, yes. Um, Mr. Mayor, we didn't 
Royal where they mentioned a 4.1 hour workday in May. Um, I was wondering if you can address that and in light of that, uh, wondering why you chose to do a campaign interview yesterday instead of participating in the measles, ending the measles um, outbreak and the hate crimes. Yeah, the whole um question I think misunderstands the reality of being mayor and I've tried to articulate this before and I'll try and articulate it again. Uh, this is a job uh, that requires energy and attention every hour of every day uh, and that's what I do. Uh, there's countless phone calls, countless emails, uh, checking in on all different leaders of different agencies and folks at City Hall and that is why you continue to see a host of initiatives moving forward uh, it's the nature of the job as a CEO that you're responsible for making sure everything is moving and everything is moving. That's just the reality. So I've tried to explain to people that that's what I do every day, constantly. Uh, it shows up in different ways on calendars. The calendars only tell you one piece of the story. Comedians Jason Selvig and Davram Stifler took the opportunity last week to lay out some corn dogs and ears of fresh corn on a bed of hay outside City Hall in an effort to lure the mayor back home. In reference to the Iowa State Fair where de Blasio had been campaigning. Again, just a decisions on schedule, you know, again, I think there's an interesting uh, misunderstanding of the fact that when someone has an office and they run for another office, you're going to put time into your campaign while doing your current office. That's what I've been doing. You just make choices. This week in a great big city history, four years ago, de Blasio was also taking heat from some Harlem groups who wondered why the mayor was so focused on topless performers and character actors in Times Square while leaving their 125th Street area overridden by crime. Members of the Harlem Neighborhood Block Association said the city needs to address the crime in their neighborhood long before any more police are assigned to the Times Square beat. In modern news, the painted topless ladies of Times Square survived, but this week, one of the fake Buddhist monks in Times Square was arrested for knocking the phone out of a person's hand when the person tried to take a picture of the scammer. One of the imitation monks who roamed Times Square, handing trinkets to tourists, then aggressively demanding payment. Also four years ago, a string of incidents in the subway showed the danger that subway conductors face while trying to keep the city moving. That week started out with five separate assaults on MTA employees occurring at all hours throughout the day including three attacks within the span of two hours. By 2018, after an increase in incidents targeting their workers, the MTA proposed a voluntary program for MTA workers to wear body cameras, but it's hard to tell what the status of that program is today. As recently as this year, the Transit Workers Union has called for greater police enforcement in the subway due to incidents where MTA workers were spit upon. Great Big City is more than just a news website. Our fireworks page monitors the city's announcements of upcoming fireworks, lists them on our site, and automatically sends out a notification just before the fireworks begin so that you can watch the show or prepare your pet for the upcoming sounds of explosions. 
Visit agreatbigcity.com slash fireworks to see the full calendar and follow A Great Big City on social media to get the alerts. Park of the Day Eastchester Playground at Addy Avenue and Tinbook Avenue in the Bronx. This playground bears the name of one of the earliest settlements to have existed in the Bronx area. Eastchester was originally the name of the second English community after Westchester to be founded in what was then considered the Dutch colony of New Netherland. Coming up this Saturday in Parks Events, from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., visit Central Park and you can use some large telescopes to look at the stars in the sky. The Urban Park Rangers and the Amateur Astronomers Association of New York are holding their annual Autumn Star Fest. They'll be discussing the science, history, and folklore of the universe, and members of the Astronomers Association will be making their telescopes available and showing you how to see Jupiter, Saturn, the Moon, and star clusters in the sky. That's this Saturday, September 7th, from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. in the Sheep Meadow in Central Park. Enter the park at West 67th Street in Central Park West and call 212-360-1444 for more information. Coming up this Sunday is the 9th Annual Washington Square Park Folk Festival. Folk musicians, old-time string bands, blues musicians, traditional Mexican and Balkan music, New Orleans jazz and klezmer music will all come together for the Washington Square Park Folk Festival. The event is free and open to the public. Find all the musicians throughout the day from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. on the east side of Washington Square Park on Sunday, September 8th. And now let's see what kind of music our robot friend will be humming this weekend on the concert calendar. Here's the AGBC concert calendar for the upcoming week. Vampire Weekend is playing Madison Square Garden on Friday, September 6. Avail is playing the Warsaw on Saturday, September 7. Mitski and Lucy Dacus are playing Central Park Summer Stage on Saturday, September 7. 18th in Addison, Flake, Harbor Seals, Secret Tapes, and the Naughty Boys are playing Buckley's on Saturday, September 7. The Rack Hunters and Olivia Jean are playing King's Theater on Saturday, September 7. Wise Blood is playing Webster Hall on Saturday, September 7. Morrissey and Interpol are playing Forest Hills Stadium on Saturday, September 7 at 6 p.m. Fletcher is playing the Music Hall of Williamsburg on Saturday, September 7 at 9 p.m. Mary J. Blige and Nas are playing the Prudential Center on Sunday, September 8 at 8 p.m. T-Rexacy, Igbo, and Proper are playing Babies All Right on Monday, September 9th. Joanna Newsom is playing El Teatro O Fel Museo del Barrio on Monday, September 9th. Dominic Fike is playing Valerie Ballroom on the Lower East Side on Monday, September 9th at 7 p.m. Sugar Candy Mountain are playing Babies All Right on Tuesday, September 10th. Banks and Kevin Garrett are playing Brooklyn Steel on Tuesday, September 10th. Deer Hunter and the Dirty Projectors are playing Webster Hall on Tuesday, September 10th. Coffee is playing Brooklyn Steel and Greenpoint on Wednesday, September 11th at 8 p.m. Red Hearse is playing Elsewhere on Thursday, September 12th. Tyler the Creator, Gold Link, and Jaden Smith are playing Madison Square Garden on Thursday, September 12th. God is an Astronaut is playing Music Hall of Williamsburg on Thursday, September 12th. 
Pup and Illuminati Hotties are playing Terminal 5 on Thursday, September 12. And Two Door Cinema Club and the Overcoats are playing Manhattan Center Hammerstein Ballroom on Friday, September 13. Thanks for listening. Find more fun things to do at a slash events. Here's something you may not have known about New York. The Ed Koch, Queensboro, 59th Street Bridge is the busiest bridge controlled by the Department of Transportation with 178,000 vehicles per day. Compare that to the George Washington Bridge, controlled by the Port Authority, that carries up to 350,000 vehicles per day and is the busiest bridge in the world. Just two years separate the extreme highs and lows for this week in weather history a record high of 101 degrees on September 7, 1881, and a record low of 43 degrees on September the 10th, 1883. Weather for the week ahead, rain tomorrow through next Thursday with high temperatures peaking at 81 degrees on Saturday. The forecast is partly cloudy on Saturday, so you're likely to at least have a chance for a partial view during the Amateur Astronomer's Night in Central Park. Thanks for listening to A Great Big City. Follow along 24 hours a day on social media at A Great Big City and email contact at agreatbigcity.com with any news, feedback, or topic suggestions. Subscribe to A Great Big City News wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Radio Public, Overcast FM, or listen to each episode on the podcast pages at agreatbigcity.com slash podcast. If you enjoy the show, subscribe and leave a review wherever you're listening, and visit our podcast site to see show notes and extra links for each episode. Our intro and outro music is Start the Day by Lee Rosphere, and the concert calendar music is from jukedeck.com. Thanks for being part of a great big city. No, perception is never reality. Okay, well, then if it's, not, I mean, it's just not. Uh, you can. No, I would say they're wrong, and it's simply this. I get the power of perception in our society, but I refuse to accept that it is reality.